Hello and welcome back to The Blending Corner, the podcast that talks about everything blended learning in the early elementary classroom. I'm your host, Daniel, and I am joined by my fellow hosts, Ashley and Lena. In today's episode, we will be talking about the uses of blended learning in an elementary classroom, specifically grades K through 2, and how you might begin successfully implementing it in your classroom. So the very first part when thinking of a blended learning classroom is an LMS. And that's probably the biggest choice that you will make to help your kids be successful. Um, What works for kindergarten might not work for third grade. What works for third grade might not work for fourth or even fifth grade. So it's so important that you pick an appropriate LMS for your age level and your grade level. Mm -hmm. Um, That might be, and kind of your style too. Like that definitely plays a role into it too. It might be different than your partners across the hall or it might be different from first grade, like I said. But one of the biggest aspects is making sure that you have something um, that your students can be successful with and that you can also be successful with. Um, we personally use Seesaw in our district and we will get into a whole nother podcast episode digging in depth with this. Um, but, and although it's not technically considered an LMS, we have still found it to be um, probably the most beneficial for us us and our students, um, if that's something you guys are interested in checking out. And Seesaw, the reason why we like Seesaw, and, and of course we, we, we're using it because it's mandated, but we also like it because it is super, super user-friendly for students uh, that are young and don't have a lot of experience using technology. So that's one of the big positives of Seesaw, not to mention that it has all kinds of tools already embedded in Seesaw that you can use, such as creating videos, such as using drawing tools and creating hyperdocs and all sorts of things like that. Well, and another nice thing about using Seesaw or the same LMS as somebody in your building is you can create activities in Seesaw that you can share with other teachers in your grade, whether they're in your building or just across your district. And that has been a really nice benefit is we're all teaching the same standards. We're all teaching the same curriculum. So to be able to go to the community feature and see, you know, different activities that teachers in my building, my district, or even throughout the country who have made these activities around the topics I'm looking for, and I don't have to do everything from scratch is also a really big benefit, you know, just utilizing other teachers expertise and abilities. to make I'm, glad, sense. I'm glad you mentioned that because when I, um, not to get too off topic, but when I had a kid that was quarantined in class, someone else who's actually enrolled in the same master's program as we are, who also teaches kindergarten. Um, my students had gone through all my episodes and I know that she was teaching remote for a while. So she just shared with me her, um, seesaw activities that she did. They were for kindergartners. Like you said, Ashley, we were both kindergarten. We had the same curriculum. So as I was able to do it, but since she was remote at a different time than I was, it was different things that they were practicing. So that's super, super beneficial. So whichever LMS you choose to use, uh, you need to make sure that you are fluent or initially fluent enough with it so that you can utilize it into your classroom. Um, Just to also go off on that, you need to realize that learning with your students is okay. So you don't have to be like 100% fluent, but you do at least need to know the basic functionalities. And as you start to become uh, more 
knowledgeable in whatever LMS you choose, you'll, you'll be, you'll feel more comfortable to do more things. And students, they might be able to teach you different things that you didn't even know. And there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. Yeah. And similarly, we want to make sure parents are familiar with the LMS and how to use it. Because if we do go remote again, or they want to finish some of their content at home, it's really helpful that parents can help their student with their work and help them be successful. And it also helps bridge that school home connection. And another thing you can do to help incorporate blended learning into your classroom is the co-use of technology for higher order thinking. So in her book, Tech um, Learning First, Technology Second, um, Liz Kolb talks about co-using technology. And so that would be an adult and a student using technology together for learning or two students using technology together. And this really leads them to a higher level of thinking and a deeper depth of knowledge, because instead of just doing their learning in isolation by themselves, they're having to talk, they're having to interact, and it just brings that their critical thinking skills up. Yeah. It goes what back a, go to ahead, what we mentioned in another episode about them facilitating their own learning. So all of this uses in the classroom that what she said directly plays a role into the students taking ownership of their learning um, and kind of taking it in a way that they would like. So uh, one of the other uses for blended learning in the classroom is making sure that your students are engaged. Uh, Having a high amount of engagement is super important. And uh, according to Yang et al, in their study, they mentioned that when engaged, learners are willing to invest more time and energy as well as their own cognitive resources into the task. So for example, if a, stu- if a student is really interested and really involved with the actual learning goal, they're going to be willing to put more of themselves into whatever it is you're doing. Um, but it's kind of hard sometimes to figure out what engagement looks like in a blended learning classroom because you can look at a student, see them on a computer and say, oh, yeah, they're they're engaged. But is that necessarily true? So what do you guys think uh, engagement might look like in a blended learning classroom? I think it's not only looking busy per se, but also if you can ask students questions you can, and they can really tell you what they're doing and what they're learning. That's the engagement that we're looking for. We don't want them to be so distracted by the tools yeah. that they're not focusing on their learning. And I'm, I know that's a hard line to find, but when you do find it, I think engagement can be a lot more increased than if they're just doing traditional learning methods. Plus, there, like we said previously and in other episodes, some students can't do traditional writing or they can't do traditional reading. But if they're using technology, it might actually engage them more because they can actually do the activity now. Yeah. And I, I forget, there was a quote I heard somewhere. I don't remember where it is now. It's from one of our uh, resources in, in our uh, grad school courses. But th- it was said that the focus should not be on the tech tool rather than the actual 
learning target. That should be the goal. That should be the focus, not the actual tool itself. I think um, the engagement, like you guys are saying, plays a direct role with classroom management um, within blended learning. I even feel like it's more important in blended learning to have these systems in place because, like you said, a student can look like they're doing the right thing on the computer or look like they are engaged, but are they actually engaged in what they're supposed to be engaged in? Um, Even in my class before, I know I've seen students just like making the screen bigger and smaller, but like from one angle, they might look like they're engaged in doing what they need to do. Yeah. But then when you kind of do your walk around, you're like, okay, that has nothing to do. Like you looked like you were doing it, but that actually um, has nothing to do with what we're doing right now. Or, um, or, they're, or they're clicking through and so they can get mm-hmm. to the end to play like the game or something. Mm-hmm. Yes. Like, yeah. Very much so. Then there was a quote from Pullum and Graham that just kind of talks about how how important blended learning um, management skills are and that the integration between curriculum and face-to-face requires a teacher to know what students are doing um, just like it would in the digital space, right? So they have to be able to build on their skills and newly acquired knowledge in class. So they learn these things, but then they also have to be able to do something with them. Well, and also in blended learning, you're managing more pieces because as the students are working on the computer on their learning there, you most likely are going to have a small group in front of you. You might have individual students. You might even have most of the class. So you're going to be doing many things at the same time, which adds an extra layer to management that you have to develop as a teacher that you might not think about if you were just doing traditional face-to-face learning. Yeah. And you also got to think about too, like how are you assessing what the students know? Because like you can put them in front of a computer, but are they actually learning something? And that is going to be super important, which I think that's something um, that Ashley, you would wanted to bring up yourself as well uh, about assessment in blended learning. Yeah, and what's nice too is it does give multiple access points for assessment because we have students with exceptionalities. We have students who learn in different ways and they might not be able to show their learning through traditional assessments because in the face-to-face classroom, there are a lot of paper and pencil assessments. There's a lot of writing. And like I've mentioned previously, I have a student who is super smart, but hates writing. If Mm. you ask him to write something, it is going to be horrible, very low quality, but it doesn't actually reflect the things that he knows and the things that he has learned because he's so stressed out about the writing piece that he can't show what he's learned to show, you know, during the curriculum and through the content. But we can create through blended learning assessments that allow them to show their learning in different ways, especially using accessibility features like talk to text, magnification for reading, um, text can be read aloud to them and more. And that just kind of allows our students to have multiple access points. Also, just think about the fact that they could record a video to show their learning or they could, you know, kind of like what we're doing, do some audio recording. And that's kind of nice that there's multiple ways to show their learning. Think of how different some 
and I don't want to just relate back to like assessments or things that we need to assess students on, but think of how many other students are out there that really struggle with maybe the writing aspect, but know the information, but they right. get, but we don't know what they actually know because some people are so in this mind of like, well, you have to write. So this is what you have to do. And if you put nothing on the paper, then there you go. That's your score. But actually the student knows so much. Think of that in all aspects of the classroom. Um, when we find these different ways to assess students, we will really be able to see what students do know. And I just think it'll really, really transform and give teachers and even parents and even students like this confidence of like, okay, like we're making moves, we're doing these things and we can be successful in all of this. Not to mention, like, not to say that writing isn't important, but how much writing do we do in our everyday lives anymore? And we mentioned that in another episode, like we don't write papers anymore. Right. (laughs) So yeah, it's just, I'm excited to see the transformation that will happen, whether it's forced um, later down the road when people eventually have no other choice or to hopefully slowly start to see people kind of implementing these different things in the classroom. Because I really think that students will be more engaged. They will have better test scores, like we'll get to know that student and even help that student find kind of their thing in life. Um, Mm -hmm. So it'll just be kind of cool to see where it takes education. Yeah, it's all kind of, an, like we said, because of the research, it is kind of an uncharted territory, but it's kind of nice to be on the forefront of this and see how it affects the future. Well, we wanted to thank everybody for listening today as we discussed the uses of blending learning in the classroom. Uh, this is going to be the last of our first four short episodes. We do have more episodes planned in the future. So please stay tuned for more episodes as we discuss blended learning in the elementary classroom. And remember, if you're not blending, your classroom is ending.